Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new, super special episode 52 edition of Press YYZ. I'm back! I'm finally back in the hosting chair after a million trillion years of not being allowed here. I don't know why they didn't allow me back. Something super strange. Can definitely have not been as a result of a bunch of computer issues that crashed the show three times last week. All that aside, we are your favorite Canadian gaming podcast, Black Lives Matter. You can watch the show weekly on youtube.com slash press yz live on twitch.tv slash press yz every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern time or you can listen to it on your own time on podcast services like itunes google podcasts and spotify we appreciate however you choose to support the show including subscribing to us here on twitch using that free sub that comes with amazon prime or through the beneficial gifted subs of other generous donors. But if you don't have any loonies or toonies to spare, it is all good because we will be here no matter what. Guys, what have we been up to? Introductions, Cozy. Oh, is that something that we have to do? It's it's been a while, but we introduce each other at the top of the show. (laughs) I am so really what we do. Do we, yes. have to, do we have to restart this, the show? Ideally, no, th- yes. <laughs> this is now an ASMR podcast. No, it's not. I don't... No, That's you know what? ASMR. I think... Let's just... Who's editing his podcast? Thing, I think. <laughs> I keep hearing... Nathan, you haven't, you haven't spoken yet. Do you know who's editing this podcast? Yeah, it'll be me this time. Oh, AJUW. Okay, can you edit out this part? Unless no, it's really funny. No, keep it I need to add it in so everybody can finish. Oh. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, anyway, before all right, let's um, in the theater of your minds, please play the rewind sound so you can imagine this part never <laughs> happened. Unless you're really into ASMR. Today, I'm joined as usual by Mr. AJ Fraser. Hey, hi, hello. I'm joined by our precious film baby, Alex Ballant. Hi, cozy. You're joined once again by the self-appointed head of HR, which is a term we have not used for him in quite some time, but I still think very much applies, Nathan McInerney. I still have the binder, and can somebody explain ASMR to me? I don't understand it. It's, uh, I think it's a remake of a Metroid game. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And finally, some guy who thinks he can take over my job for me, but we'll see just how well he does this episode, Mr. Mitch George. Okay, let's get right into it, because I'd rather be hosting, but we want to make sure that no one's computer explodes. <laughs> Would right you now... actually rather be hosting? Yeah. No, I, lo- <laughs> I love hosting the show, honestly. Um, it's kind of a highlight of my week, but I'm happy to, you know, give the reins to somebody else so I can. I, I am excited run... to be on Cozy Bear's Wild Ride tonight. Oh, me too. It's going to be say we, ridiculous. I say we let him finish this out. This is a new oh, day, so I'm very you, excited to uh, see what else today brings. Yes. It's been a good day. I'm happy to be yeah, running the say. ones and twos tonight and give Cozy a chance at uh, the rest of the show. Also, I got a big-ass obnoxious water bottle. Ooh. Uh, oh, I got to say, I always like enjoy mine. doing episodes of Press YYZ. They're always cathartic. I am especially having a lot of fun doing this episode so far. So let's keep the fun going. Uh, a lot of us sh- saw a show called WandaVision. The MCU is back. Perhaps you might have it's heard back. of it. The MCU is back. It's really good. It's go. really good. Yeah, it's really good. I don't it, understand people complaining about it because I've seen people be like, I don't get it or it's boring. And I'm like, you don't understand. You're an idiot. It. 
No, you'll get it in three or four episodes. Like, that's but the even, whole thing, right? But even if, honestly, I would take a whole show of just this. Because yeah. the, I would take a, I would take a whole season of like two episodes out right now. If you've watched the trailers, you kind of understand they're kind of set in different decades of uh, sitcoms. various sitcoms. I would take a whole season of each one of those sitcoms just to see where it kind of goes up goes. In, Mitch, in you that saw these shows sense. when they originally aired. What are your thoughts? Get it? Because you're old. So that's that's Alex making an old joke. And if you didn't know, we're hosting a second show on this uh, on this podcast network's YouTube channel called YYZ Video, where we're reviewing every Pixar film. And I'm the oldest person on that cast at 28. So the way Nathan feels here with us Ooh. is the way I feel there with them whippersnappers. It sucks. <laughs> I'm surprised that joke was important to Nathan. Although I was not old enough be. for those shows either. Just to be clear. You didn't watch Bewitched or the Dick Van Dyke show? Neither of those were on where freshly aired when I was a kid. The huh. oldest show I watched when I was a kid hmm. was Batman 66. Okay. Oh, that's such a, that's such a good show. Oh, get smart. So back to, oh, yeah. back to WandaVision. Um, sure. What they, the fact that they stuck to the sitcom tropes and the design is when, okay, we're going to get into light spoilers here, or are we trying to keep this as spoiler free as we can? There's not mm, much to spoil. There's not much to spoil yeah, in this I was one. Say. So yeah. I just anything want, is already out there in the trailers. Really, the opening scene, like when you get the MC, like one. Anytime I get the MCU opening, my, my I get you know goosebumps and I'm really excited. But when it starts to go grayscale and the screen shrinks to four yeah, by three, like yeah. oh they're committing to this, and I yeah. was yeah. so happy about it. I love that oh, they it, it is one so of those hard. things. Go ahead. I just want to say quickly, Mitch, you know, you, I think, posted on Twitter before I saw WandaVision, like, oh, man, I got teared up hearing the uh, Marvel Studios logo, you know, just come in with all the various character silhouettes and whatnot. And I was like, okay, okay. And then watching it myself, I'm like, damn, I am more emotionally affected slash invested in this than even I was anticipating. It is good to be back. The fact that it's updated with... Uh, Endgame stuff as well. Yeah, it, it's mm. beautiful. The snap is in there, and I almost yeah. cried when I saw that. I'm just like my biggest thing about it, and it like I did have a very similar reaction to like seeing the Marvel Studios logo, and I just was like, I'm happy that it's back, but also like I was actually surprisingly okay with like not having anything for a year. Because now it makes this feel so much more special because we got that long break. Obviously, not be- they didn't want to have that break, but you know, circumstances of the world made it so that they didn't, they couldn't really release either of the movies they wanted to last year. But I think that just, in a lot of ways, has benefited them and made this so much more impactful. And oh my god, I just have to say, like, just the com- the way that they've committed to the style. I just love that all of the effects are practical, or at least they appear to be practical. It doesn't look like, um, or like specifically like with Wanda using her magic, it's it looks like it's all strings it's and a, like they they it, used old timey effects and yeah. camera tricks and techniques they and even used old timey cameras. Like they're it, using the older yeah. technology to record these shows too, and yeah. and they also used a live studio audience, which yeah. I did not know. Oh, oh really? Um, yeah, they're That's really cool they're, to hear. they're really sticking to the original, you know, philosophies that went behind making these shows. And as we get further and further into this series, we start to understand why 
presumably Wanda has done this or someone is manipulating her to do this. We're going to understand more and more about like her state of mind, what caused her to go. Like the last we saw of Wanda was in Endgame when she told Thanos he took everything. So is this her trying to build it back? Is this someone else manipulating her to try to get something from her? We really don't know. And to Alex's point of getting that year off, I think it was good to have that extended period off. But I do worry for most people that this is going to be a bit of an MCU overload this year because we're getting WandaVision. We're getting Falcon Winter Soldier right after. We're getting Black Widow after that. Then we go right into Loki. Then there's Shang-Chi. And there's Spider-Man. And there's uh, Marvel's What If. And there's uh, Miss Marvel. Spider-Man we're not seeing for two years, right? No, it's this year, isn't it? It's this year. It's December 17th, 2021. Okay, there's no way that date holds. As it stands with Black Widow, they're not going to release it in theaters anytime soon because theaters aren't still going to be in position to release them yet. So I actually had this argument the other day with one of our co-hosts on YYZ Video, uh, TJ. And he's convinced that Marvel is going to delay Black Widow. And I'm convinced that in May we'll be at a point. So that film comes out May 7th. I'm convinced we'll be at a point May 7th where they essentially have to cut their losses because they've been holding on to this movie for so long that it is going to do the same thing that Raya and the Last Dragon is doing and go to theaters, but also to Disney Plus day and date via Disney Premier Access, which is like $35, I think, which I will happily pay for an MCU film. Did we ever get the figures on how well Mulan did using that method? Um, Was Mulan successful or was it? No, we don't know. But it also it also tanked in theaters because most theaters globally were shut down. I think box office. Someone else would have to look it up. I think it did like a hundred thousand. And so the the other thing too to take into account is you can't. Disney's got all these numbers on their end of how they're going to release their stuff, and the metrics aren't going to be on sales. The metric is going to be uh, conversion. So new, well, not even viewership, but just new accounts, retained accounts. Cause that's an ongoing revenue stream for them as opposed to a ticket is one and done. So we did right. see on Christmas, we got wonder woman 1984 in the U S via HBO max. And we got Disney Pixar soul the same day. And apparently that drove like, I think it was like two and a half million new app downloads of Disney plus on that in that like two to three day window post its release. And I could see something like Black Widow or even to a lesser extent, Raya and the Last Dragon being able to do that as well. So here's the deal, Disney. You're increasing the price of my Disney Plus this year. Just give me those moves for free. Screw this premier access stuff. I'm already paying for the service. Just give me the movies and that'll get more people signed on to the service. Think of it this way, Nathan. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. Time out. Time out. We can only talk about the economics of the Disney Corporation and Disney Plus for another two minutes. Okay. I have one last one, the and then we can move on. And it really the is around, the, it's around the economics. This discussion, yeah. this discussion, Mitch, that you were referencing in the Discord, at one point I was straight up like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. I am leaving <laughs> because it was going on yeah. for so long. All right? Well, it, t- I know, TJ's I know. not here, though, so yeah, exactly. it's not going to be as heated. We call him That's out a on good point. BS. Okay. Um, Nathan, the only thing I look at from that perspective is for a film like this, the economics of it for you as a father of three is you're either there's four or five of you presumably going to the theater. So that's four or five tickets. That's snacks. That's popcorn. To Black Widow, too. You were going to say you, kids wouldn't go or uh, wife one wouldn't kid. go. Only the one, one kid, kid and me, okay. no wife. 
too too old or like too mature for them or yeah i think black widow just not a into... year old that's it hmm. okay cozy so, disappeared that's okay we'll keep going he's fine yep oh um, fair enough he'll he'll sort it out give it's me uh, hold on a second i'm still i'm still here for the record just i don't know okay oh, you know what you know there what must have happened i I'm using Logitech Capture to show my webcam source, and there must be like a hotkey within the Logitech program that switched it over to something else. So fair enough. Okay, so back yeah. to what I was saying. Yeah, unfortunately, like, yeah. Oh wait, you're still okay, talking okay. about this stuff? Okay, uh, for a family right, of four, you're looking at four tickets and snacks and all that stuff. If theaters are even reopened when these movies start coming out, for you to pay thirty-five dollars to have it indefinitely at home, especially let's say it's a film like Frozen, where kids won't stop wanting to watch Frozen. God, there's a TikToker I follow that literally everything she does is about like a skit of her with like a young one wanting to just continually watch Frozen. Um, if you have a kid like that, that's a huge money save for you. you don't have to keep going back to the theater. So I can see the economics of it working out, but we can talk about that at a later date. Or we could talk more about economics right now. Nah. So the stock market. <laughs> Cozy, grab the reins. I mean, grab the reins. I specifically said that Mitch could only talk about it for like another two minutes. I didn't put that limit on any other member of the I cast. I can mute so myself. It's fine. I can walk away, go grab a, Nathan, go grab a snack you, or something. If you want to talk about economics 101 with us... You can do so right now. Oh, it's been a long time since I took Economics 101. Like the economics of subscribing to twitch.tv slash press YYZ. Yes. Good, good, good job. Yes. You, you nailed it. And subscribing think, on YouTube, well, subscribing on podcast services, reviewing on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you may be able to leave a review for the show. I think we're all in agreement that WandaVision is a great time. I do want to give one last minute shout out to the uh, credit sequence. I think that both the music and the way that they do the credits in WandaVision is super duper cool. Um, but it's time for us to move on. And I want to move until we on talk about it to talking. Yes. Yeah. And every week. <laughs> right. Following. Until we talk about it next week. And what is it like the next six weeks? No, it, it should be seven because there's nine episodes, right? Uh, it will, the season finale will premiere on, uh, I think it's March 12th, and Falcon and Winter Soldier premieres on March 19th. So there is no gap between WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oof. All right. Well, should I'm we have a separate saturation? Uh, YYZ video Marvel recap. We could do it as like short form content. Like 20 we'll minutes. And then it'll be an hour and a half long. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I think that there's there's definitely enough of something there for us to seriously consider it going forward. It'll be but short form, but right longer now, than the Pixar episodes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right now, let's go from talking about the long haul that will be MCU's episodic television shows in 2021 to talking about the long haul that is playing Death Stranding. Alex. Yes. So I'm not actually playing Death Stranding. I'm watching my girlfriend play Death Stranding. And let me oh, tell wow. you, that's really, it's a really enjoyable experience, especially for anyone who has played Death Stranding, knowing the things that are coming and just kind of how convoluted and weird it gets. Um, I love that game so much, and it really is, in a lot of ways, it's very accessible because its focus isn't about combat. It's not about fighting, like, enemies like there is some of that but for the most part it's about traversing the environment and so for my girlfriend it's like (laughs) 
Uh, you know, Ant, um, the way a doll can play video games, it's it's a little difficult, but, you know, when you prop it up enough and you have the thumbstick going the right way, it, it kind of plays itself. Um, but yeah, so, like, it's just, it's a really fun experience getting to kind of sit there and kind of, like, talk about that, talk about the different things, especially the community aspect of that game and how everything that you do in that game only helps people like eventually or what people have already done will eventually help you it's i really dig death stranding so much and getting to share that with somebody who i care for very very deeply is also really incredible um and it's it's fun watching somebody freak out when they enter a bt area and all the uh all the the ghosts start attacking um so yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to that because honestly, that's what I've mostly been doing this week. Um, it's very fun, and uh, I will probably have more updates because uh, also best best part about this is she is a completionist. Oh. So all oh, the yeah. trophies that I have missed, she's gonna clear through, and I'm gonna get that platinum. So that's the spirit. Hell yeah! Ha- has she also been watching you play Catherine Full Body? Uh, very little, but mostly that's been a thing that I've just been kind of, um, every night in bed, because I've been playing it on the Switch to, are, to, um... Are you cheating? You're cheating on Death Stranding with Catherine? Uh, yes, but it's Catherine with a C. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Wait, is the so Catherine not that with a Q in this game? Yes. Uh, yes. I have just, I have just met Catherine with a Q, um... So, very, so again, I don't have too much to say because I'm only very early on in Catherine Full Body, and I never played the original Catherine. So this is kind of mm. getting thrown right into the deep end. That game is fucking you, weird. So, quick question. Were yeah. you spoiled to anything before going into this game? Did you know anything about, like, the endings? No. The, because, unfortunately, I had spoiled myself before going into it. Didn't ruin my experience with the game, but mm-hmm. it is one of those things where I wish I had a you know, blank, fresh slate going into it. I got... I, I'm very lucky that I didn't know anything about it. Really, the only things I knew about it beforehand was um, you play as a dude who cheats on his girlfriend with a girl who has the same name, but it's just spelt with one different letter. So basically, I just knew the premise, and that's it. Did, did um, they bring the Did they bring the multiplayer over with this? Um, I there's, don't. There's a multi. Yeah, there's yeah. like a weird competitive. There's like a weird competitive scene. With like the multiplayer in the original release. Interesting. I don't th- yeah. think it's in full body, but I could be mistaken. There's like a second. I'm. I've been mostly just mainlining the um, the the like main story. Um, but there is like a second mode where you can do like challenge towers, and it's supposed to be like mm. getting progressively more and more difficult. So I haven't even remotely checked that out because I'm gonna be quite honest. I'm playing this game on easy because I really don't care for the actual gameplay of Catherine. I like the um the like just the story Story. that's going on and honestly all the stuff that you're doing in the bar before you go into the nightmare is like where i'm invested um it's weird Mm. as fuck it's very strange and it's also just weird hearing troy baker's voice coming out of a character that is just the worst and you can't sympathize (laughs) with at all because he's played villains before but like even like in Death Stranding and the Joker, it's like those villains are at least charismatic and you can kind of like enjoy watching them where it's like Vincent in Catherine is just, he's just a horrible human being. 
And so having to make decisions as him is really weird because it's like so many of the choices are like, I would never do that. But what would be the closest thing out of the choices that are given to me that I would choose? Mm. I mean, I will say I don't want to spoil anything, but Mm -hmm. certain revelations later in the game might slightly change your perception of Vincent. I don't like... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, Vincent, great video game character, you know, very moralistic individual. I do think he is. He's a cool guy. I I once read a uh, it was not a review of this game. It was like a like a research, like op ed thing that described him as a cool bum. And Hmm. I think that's pretty appropriate. Vincent is the cool bums out of video game cool bums. Would it surprise you, Alex, if I told you that this was the bones for Persona 5? Um, until they realize that it Hear- wasn't Persona 5. Hearing that and like just visually, it makes a lot of sense. Like even the soundtrack sounds similar to it. And like, especially even just the way Vincent walks in the bar is very much like how Joker walks in the school. Uh, it's like when you like the walking animation. So I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's probably why I've been as invest, even though I don't like the actual gameplay of it. Um, it kind of explains why, at least aesthetically, I'm like all in. Yep. Hmm. Well, you know, it's too bad that the gameplay of Catherine, or at least the core section of Catherine's gameplay where you're climbing up blocks isn't really appealing to you. Uh, But I do know for a fact that another game by Ghost of Tsushima Legends had gameplay that really did appeal to you, Nathan. Yes, well... So last night was my first time trying Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Uh, Mitch, um, it was Kyle and Justin uh, jumped on last night to play for my first time of it. And really, I've never been a big multiplayer guy, so I wanted to see what Legends was about. And I had a good time. Uh, Mitch and I went through some of the co-op story mode, and then we spent some time grinding levels in the survival. Is it survival mode, Mitch? Yeah, it's kind of like a horde mode. Um, and just just to give context, the um, we were actually using our Discord server for this. So we have a Press YYZ Discord server. If anyone is interested in hanging out, playing games, talking games, talking WandaVision, uh, link is in the Twitch chat. It's in, I think it's on the link tree. It's in, it's in a few places. If you need it, reach out to any of us. We can get it for you. But yeah, no, we got together. I played some of Legends when it first launched with other friends of ours in the, uh, the Press YYZ Discord. And I want to play way more of it. It's so fun to hop in there with friends and just coordinate. Okay, we need to protect this point or this point and for all that. And then even running through the two player stuff, it's a really creepy story that the mm-hmm. that's told through these these co-op missions. Um, and I really want to get a party together to tackle the raid at some point, because apparently that's like the finale to what was teased at the end of these co-op missions. So I'm gonna. I want to play through the rest of it with you, Nathan, and I want to be okay. able to get a crew together to do that. Uh, that dang raid. And yes, Mike in the chat, me, me, me. You're down or you're in whenever you want. Alistair Brinvar in our chat, also another uh, regular Ghost of Tsushima player. It's so good. Uh, excuse me, Alexander Kazina from the press pool coming in with a very Alexander Kazina question. Were there any new trophies that were introduced with Gothus Tsushima Legends? Yes. Yeah. Yes, but they're not trophies. required for the Platinum. I mean, that's Is... totally fine by me. I, I, my, my concern was not that they were required for the Platinum. My concern was that they weren't going to exist at all, which you know would have been a terrible slight upon this game. 
No, six new trophies. My... Uh, and then two for the new game plus. Kind of like Spider-Man did. Mm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So you've also been playing at this point. Cool. Yeah. Nathan, you've also been playing King of Fighters 14 Ultimate Edition. I'm assuming that that is the correct numbering. It's been a little while since I studied ancient Roman numerals. Uh, your ancient Roman is up to date. You're good to go there. Cool. Yeah, I got a review code for King of Fighters uh, 14 Ultimate Edition, which really, let's be honest, is King of Fighters 14 with the two season passes. Um, so it adds eight additional characters, bringing the roster up to 58 characters total that you can play as. Um, and 10 extra costumes. It's honestly, especially after playing Street Fighter uh, 5 Championship Edition or Champion Edition, I think it was just called, not this doesn't have the same value impact that it does, but King of the Fighters is just such a solid fighting game. Um, in terms of its playing game, I had a great, great time with it. Um, it's been... It's got all. Are you guys familiar with King of the Fighters? Not at all. I know, I know Terry. Game. Terry, yeah. Terry. So, so it's the SNK fighting series, and basically they took their multiple fighting franchises back in '94 and combined them. So they had the Fatal Fury franchise, the Art of Fighting franchise, they had the Akari Warriors and Psycho Soldier, which were more, I think, side scrollers, but are in the arcades nonetheless. And they created this like ultimate roster of fighting games with a three on three tournament. And they've since 94, uh, they had yearly releases for a long time. They've gotten out of yearly releases of it. Um, but some of the best fighting on the planet, it was funny. My kids were watching me play it and they were like, oh, dad, that's Terry. Because they know from Smash. And he's like, oh, is this right. a fighting game like Smash? And I was like, well, let's be honest. Smash isn't a fighting game, boys. Uh, this is real. Uh, we can have that talk later. It's not even the best crossover in video games. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's really fun. Uh, the biggest thing for me is in the season pass, they added Rock Hudson or not Rock Hudson, Rock Howard, uh, which was a character from Guru Mark of the Wolves, which was the last Fatal Fury game. I think it was 99 that came out on the Dreamcast might be 2001, actually. Um but it's the son of Geese Howard, who's the main bad guy, and he was raised by Terry. And this takes place in the future of the Fatal Fury universe. And he hasn't been a playable character in a game for 13 years. Wow. So I'm super excited that he was included in the first season pass because he's just got such a long, like, he wasn't in many games, but he was in a great, great game that just kind of SNK didn't revisit um, because they just focused on the King of the Fighters franchise or King of Fighters franchise. So hopefully uh, they've announced King of Fighters 15 for this year. That's kind of why the Ultimate Edition's out now. Um, so I'm hoping that he'll be a fully playable character in the new game. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, AJ, I don't have a good Hi. transition for throwing things to you. So I'm just going to say, AJ, what you been up to? Um, well, uh, something I didn't bring up last week, uh, on the show at least, is for Christmas, um, my girlfriend's brother, uh, made me, uh, my own personal Twitch layout. Um, I'm showing it, uh, the printout kind of on camera here, which is not going to show up with, uh, NVIDIA broadcast unless I hold it on a certain angle, maybe. No, because isn't your no. layout green? No. That's not why. It's not a green screen effect. It's uh, fully GPU. Ma it's made oh, to look right, for right, people right. and cut everything else yeah. out. Um, but yeah, uh, so this thing here, this piece of cardboard that I have, um, has like all the, the art assets and whatnot 
on it. And um, he, he sent me the Photoshop files. And, you know, I, I spent a, a little while putting them into um, uh, Streamlabs. Uh, and then, you know, I, I even taught myself After Effects a little bit um, with, uh, yeah, with uh, some of them uh, creating a, a, an animated, uh, you know, starting soon screen and an animated uh, be right back screen and an animated uh, uh, stream is over uh, screen. Um, and, th- and that's, that's actually been uh, really fun and uh, interesting and uh, creative uh, and something that I've actually really appreciated. Uh, it did lead me to uh, <laughs> find out that uh, through, through some good Googling, um, NVIDIA Broadcast, which I'm using right now to put this background of Osaka, Japan behind me. Um, Wait, what? You're not actually in Osaka, Japan? I know, I know. I'm a disappointment. (sighs) Yeah, I know. Um, The... What is it? Uh, NVIDIA Broadcast actually has a bug. Um, and I don't know if you've run into it, Mitch. I know you you use it as well. Use it a lot. But um, yeah, the <clears throat> the the bug itself. Uh, if I do anything else with Nvidia Broadcast right now, my camera ref- will freeze, and the only way that I can correct it is by shutting my computer off and turning it back on. I've not run into anything what- like that. Um, I, yeah, it, so it, it's it could be apparently not, fairly. Like, I don't. I don't use the green screen effect. I just use the background blur a little bit and the microphone yeah. um, noise cancellation. Yeah, like I'm, using both, I'm using uh, both of those. I'm using both of those uh, through Discord right now. But uh, yeah, it, it led me to to find that, and that was that was frustrating uh, to figure out. Um, but um, when I was making these scenes. Uh, in in Streamlabs and everything, you know, there, there there's layouts there for uh, like full screen gameplay and like a bordered window uh, gameplay and everything. And then I thought to myself, you know what? What's missing here is four by three gameplay. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. For for like old timey games and whatnot. I have a story similar in- to that for sure. We'll get into it in a minute, but go ahead. Absolutely. No, I I got inspired. Um, to go into my basement and currently uh right now sitting beside um my computer speaker uh is my nintendo wii uh sitting plus i I went on to amazon and i bought a component to hdmi output um do you not have a wii u i do have a wii u can you just use that i want it for gamecube games because this inspiration that i had of creating four by three game uh like gameplay video stream or whatever i might do in the future um was kind of brought on and inspired by me just like thinking back to uh, games of of my uh preteen uh years uh and early teenage years and one that really came to mind, uh, I ended up buying on eBay uh, called 1080 Avalanche. Oh yeah. Um, I have uh, admittedly recent, like recently, like I had it when I was a kid. Traded it in uh, to EB Games so I could get my 360 eventually. Um, but what I what I ended up doing was uh, buying buying it on eBay after I downloaded uh, a 
and pl- and played it uh, played around with it a bit uh, with an emulator, and I was just like, no, I want to do this for real. So I did go and buy the real deal, and I really just wish Nintendo would put their GameCube catalog on the Switch so it would be convenient, and I would p- I would probably pay more than what I paid for the e- eBay copy. Uh, which I can't remember the number now uh, to play some of these old games again, but Nintendo won't do it. Literally, um, table. Literally, fucking. Where cowards. is the Metroid trilogy? I, well, I don't know. But Metroid Prime I, Four comes I, out this year. Um, I also they'll release the, it. <laughs> yeah. All I'm saying is that. Um, I did know. anybody Something, claim that in our fantasy critic track? That's why I'm oh, saying or, that because oh, I did you have say? It. Oh, God, oh, why did you do right. that? Because it was zero dollars? Sure. Why not? What is I a mean, better Alex, chance? Metroid 4 or I, Breath I, of the Wild 2? Ooh, probably Breath of the Wild probably 2. Probably Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, yeah. Breath of the Wild 2. Good. Alex, I'm still rooting for you, though. I want Metroid Prime 4 to come out, and I want it to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be play nice. a Metroid game. That would be nice. So... Uh, over the last yeah. couple of weeks, there's a there's a really good Metroid game called ASMR. I've heard of actually. You should probably check that one out. Good. So over the last couple of weeks, I've actually <laughs> been in a similar situation to AJ, where I've actually been streaming an old game that's in four by three, and that's a game I've never played before, and that's Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Um, it has hmm. not aged I'm very, well Mitch, at hold all. On. Hold on, yes. we need to we need to time out for a second here. Okay, I, I'm very. I'm very particularly concerned by the fact that you took the reins on this episode and introduced the fact that you've been playing this game. I yes. was going to introduce this segment, Mitch, by calling you a coward and a fool <laughs> and a nincompoop for stopping Whoa, let's not throw around words Star like Wars nincompoop. Knights of the Old Republic, a game that I have never played and that I have no real input on and I actually could very well hate as well, but that I still feel empowered to call you out you're, just jump it, you're jumping on the bandwagon of making fun of Mitch for giving up on KOTOR? Well, not just that, but the fact that you took the reins on the conversation. We're like, let me present it in a very fair and equitable way. Let me just you know, start off and be like, Correct. well, the game has not aged very well. If it I control not. the conversation, I can control like to. Uh, every, everybody's feelings on me. No, 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 Mitch. This is not how it works. Mitch, All right, put me on bitch. trial. Go have at it. All right, everybody. <laughs> Mitch is on trial. Uh, okay. Do we want to? I mean, uh, what, what, what were the options in The Dark Knight Rises? Death, or, death or exile? Do we want to give Mitch death or exile? I mean, I agree with him. It will be extremely. Am I missing it's, something? It's, Why are we telling him not that a, he's death or exile? It's it's not a very like it's. People are getting mad at be, me on the internet because I'm not enjoying playing Kotor. It's not oh, a very fun great. Why are you game. Playing, enjoying it? I'm not enjoying it because I'm streaming it, and I think I'm actually going to eventually down the line, you know, in a year or two, give it another like fair shot uh, off Once stream when I can do more research, and more reading, and like know more about the game. Because like when I'm on stream, I don't want to be like, all right, give me ten minutes to read three chapters of a guide to understand how I should be building this character, and I'll I do want to play it at some point. I've now bought two copies of the game and own the sequel on Steam. So I do have aspirations to at some point play this game. It just wasn't going to work on this stream, uh, unfortunately. All right. For for say for stating that, Mitch, I will officially decide to exile you. That was me doing the whole like judge hammer thing with my hands. All right. Uh, yeah, what else he's gone. Good. 
Oh, he's he's gone. He's gone. He's he's what? been exiled. He's left. Oh, damn! I, I looked away to go back to the Rene Show doc, but just well, I guess yep. I have to reap what I sow. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. What'd you guys eat for dinner tonight? Uh, Hello I had fresh. lasagna. Oh. You ate well, what? Hello the fresh dinner was it? A tortellini. She dear. What was the Hello Fresh meal called? Pesto basil. Is my exile over yet? No, Nate, Nathan's busy. It's a pesto basil cheese. Pesto cheese tortellini, pasta with crispy bacon and corn. So it was a cheese tortellini, oh. pesto basil with bacon and corn. That sounds pretty good. That well, sounds yeah. fantastic. This right. Creamy pesti, pesto. What? Creamy. What's a pesto? Basil. <laughs> pesto. Cheese. Cheese. Tortellini. Tortellini pasta with crispy crispy bacon and corn. There we go. And that has been pronunciation with Nathan McInerney. Just for the Yummy. day. Sounds pretty good. In it's other news, tasty. words are hard. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Mitch, just for the record, Batman, he made the fiery bat signal go up in the sky. So the exile is officially over. You can go back. How did he do that? How did he do that in the movie? I don't really understand. That uh, was the one part of the movie that I honestly didn't really understand. That was the only part you that, didn't understand? That was the part of the movie where they were trying to tease the reveal of the Batman villain Firefly in the fourth uh, installment in Nolan's uh, quadrilogy, but unfortunately the fourth installment never happened. Mm. I thought it was going to be Kite Man. Well, but Kite Man, Kite Man hates fire. If he goes on fire, he's going to eventually rise up into space and then he'll be a spaceman. Well, that's why it's they're good to like opposite personalities. Anyways, Mitch, you yes, still sir. there? I think so. Been, if I'm allowed to, you've been playing a Pokemon game that's not exactly a Pokemon game. I've been playing a couple Pokemon games, and one of them actually is. Um, is it Pokemon My Ass version? No, that I um, that I like to. I got a bit of Pokemon fever uh, to start this year because you know. I am me and Pokemon is great. Um, so with some friends of ours, including former guests of the show, MC Fixer, TJ from YYZ Video, um, Ankor, uh, who's been doing a great job of actually getting the server running from the Addictive Nerds Network. Go get, go check that out. Uh, we've been playing Pixelmon, which is Pokemon in Minecraft. Mm. And wow. I've never played Minecraft. So it's been really hard because I keep trying to do the Pokemon things, but I'm not doing the Minecrafty things. So I keep running out of resources because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I need to learn Minecraft now, everybody. Can someone help? I can help with Minecraft. Minecraft's great. I would appreciate that. Uh, No, what I need to do at this point is probably find like a quick start guide or like a dummy's guide to Minecraft or something. So I can get those parts out of the way to get back to the Pokemon part because the Pokemon part is really, really good. In your in in your the menu uh, of Minecraft, um, there's like an achievement list okay. uh, that kind of trees and branches out. Follow that first before you go looking online and see if you can try and replicate some of that. Plus, it comes with like the the recipe put the recipe book built in typically. Yeah. So you should be you should be fine if you can follow that sort of thing. Cool. Yeah, but I have also been playing a typical Pokemon game, and I've been doing this off stream away from everything because I don't want people to judge me. Um, also, I don't have a good way to stream uh, it. 
Um, is it the Pokemon My Ass version? No, Wait I restarted Pokemon Omega Ruby as a Nuzlocke. Oh, why fuck. would you be? Why would you be feared that people would be ashamed of you? I I want. I've never done a Nuzlocke run of Pokemon before. Um, Explain what a Nuzlocke is for anyone I was who might not be aware. So yeah, so a Sorry. Nuzlocke run in mm. Pokemon for those who are not aware is you. It's essentially a self like a user inflicted rule set that is essentially hard mode in Pokemon. If a Pokemon faints, you have to release it. You can only catch one Pokemon per route. Uh, and there's some other limitations you can and cannot put in as modifiers, but those are kind of the, the, the crux of it. Of One Pokemon per route, if it faints, it's gone. And mm-hmm. I've been playing through this off stream because I do have aspirations to do a Nuzlocke on my streams um, and play along with the community and everyone gets invested in my Pokemon and it'll be a good time. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I had the stomach for it personally before getting into it on stream because I feel like I will get very emotional over not being able to use things like my starter if they you faint. Should, can I can I offer a suggestion? Of course. Uh, if you do decide to do this on stream, you should name it after people who are in the chat. So when they die, you can laugh at them and be like, ha ha, you're dead. You joke about that, but I was playing with friends of ours in our like I was playing while I was in our Discord the other day, and mm-hmm. uh, I was convinced to name my Ninkata, my female Ninkata, Trevor Junior Junior. So I will be very excited when mm. the spawn of our friend Trevor uh, faints and is gone from me forever. So I do want to say it was very uh, fortuitous that you managed to pick up a Ninkata because that will eventually evolve into two Pokemon, which will Correct. multiply your options in battle. It will, but one of those Pokemon only has one HP, so if it gets hit by anything super effective, it is then dead to me forever. So it is very much a um, sure a double-edged sword when it comes to using a Shedinja in a uh, in a Nuzlocke. But I'm I'm looking forward to playing through more of it. I'm I'm only up to the second gym now, so I'm sure I'll give uh, give more updates as my journey continues. Cool. Speaking of continuing along a long and arduous journey, you've also been playing some more of that Cyberpunk. Yes, because our friends keep giving me crap about not finishing games, so I'm convinced that I'm going to go back and finally friggin' finish Cyberpunk. And they're still <laughs> convinced I'm not going to do that. Um, and you're still playing it on Stadia, right? I am only playing it on Stadia. I'm going to play through it on Stadia until the PS5 version launches, then might do another run through there. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing of note was I had the I had Monday and Tuesday of this week off of work because technically I was unemployed for two days uh, as I left my old job and started a new job today. So since, mm. thank you. So you're not the only one who started a new job today. Oh no, President Biden. Oh yeah, that guy. Good job. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. My mine was more important. Um, sure. Why so with the way that we're set up with working from home, <laughs> I'm at the desk right now that my wife uses for work, and the PlayStation is is here, the Xbox is here, my PC games are here, because um, it's where my PC is. So I couldn't. I didn't I didn't make the effort to move any of those to the TV just so I could give myself a reason to have to play Cyberpunk and then still play a bunch of Pokemon in between. But I did put a good probably eight or nine hours into Cyberpunk over the last couple of days. Uh, I'm really like the story's going. I do want to finish it. Um, I'm hoping I can do that soon, but it's a great game. Nothing more else to say. One I want cool. to return to at some point. I at this point having put like 16 hours in i think i'm going to wait till the series x version drops just because it just even though i didn't run into any massive issues it just kind of fizzled out for me um which is a Mm. shame because i uh very much made it a part of my personality 
that I was excited. He very to much did. So, oh well, I'll play it when I, I'll play it when I actually kind of feel like it, and you know, I know I'll enjoy it because I did enjoy what I played. Sure, I'd be gravely mistaken, Mitch, if I didn't also briefly touch on some of your fantasy league exploits as of late. Uh, well, I, I just kind of wanted to bring this up because we haven't had a chance to talk about it this year on the show that we've put together a press YYZ fantasy critic league uh, with, some, a link to that? with some friends yeah, of ours that? in the discord. Again, if you want that link, it's anywhere you can find it um, or just message us. Um, I was really upset because I drafted Hogwarts Legacy and that's been delayed. And then I picked up Riders mm. Republic as a zero dollar pickup and it got delayed. <laughs> um, so I've had to uh, scramble start, a little bit. I'm still pretty still happy with the roster though. I have. It is still coming out this year, but I'm still worried with the delay that they're just going to keep pushing it because that's what Ubisoft tends to do with games. I'm still pretty happy with my picks, and I just wanted to kind of give us all a chance to talk about the games we picked and how we I'm feel not, about them. I'm really upset that you sp- picked Scarlet Nexus. My own strategy is <laughs> in picking all the anime games, and you had to pick the anime game of 2021. You also 2021, didn't pick a boyfriend dungeon. Delayed. I mean, it, it is like I have no issue with like uh, Western made video games or shows that are done in anime style. I have no problem calling those anime as well. Oh, okay. But it's like I, I can't choose like I can't choose that over Final Fantasy 14's next expansion or Neo The World Ends With You, for example. Um, you know what I, I mean, mean? Tales of Arise was also available for pickup, which I was, was able it? to grab. Yeah, I grabbed that late. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I just wanted to see if anyone had anything they were, you know, keen about, anything they were worried about. So like, I'm, I'm very excited to have gotten our first overall pick. You guys mm-hmm. saw me randomize it. It was not a, it was not rigged uh, and picked Broken up Ratchet and Clank. I think that's going <laughs> to, I think Ratchet and Clank is going to be great when we do get it. Um, yeah, that one's I'm a, a little that worried one's about like the a games. I'm worried a little more about games further down the list. Like I have Outriders and the unannounced 3D Mario game, which isn't even rumored at this point, <laughs> just as placeholders until something else gets announced. But I do need to fill out the rest of that roster. You think you're worried about your list? There's some people who we've um, rec- who are a part of this who um, have some questionable picks to say the chaos, least. Chaos? Pro- you mean Chaos Productions? I mean, I wasn't gonna name any names, but I didn't. I only named the studio. I didn't name the fact that it's Rob and he's a crazy person. Rob is kind of <laughs> insane. Well, I expect we'll yeah. see Starfield and Beyond Good and Evil, and a Blue Point. Skull Metal and Gear Bones is definitely gonna come out this year as well. You Skull know. and Bones, a mainline Sonic I'm really game, which is gonna suck. I don't know why he pick a Sonic game. He picked up the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes that aren't even that are rumored at this point, but now there's actually credence to those, and I'm kind of upset. So I was going to say now that now that there's credence to those, and now that we all know that those remakes are going to be fire, I think he is on the right track. I don't know if they'll be fire. I think we need to see it before I can say that. But how did Let's Go Eevee do? I I will say it right here, right now. Right? I don't think it's going to be Let's Go style. I think it'll be in the Sword and Shield engine. Yeah, what was was Sword and Shield though? 82 okay so i think he'd net some Something points. like that well it was 80s we, for we sure. won't we won't go in depth into it today but yeah. i do think that diamond and pearl remakes have potential to be really good if they take everything that was good about diamond and pearl and take everything that was good about sword and shield because i feel like those things that are good about both games are going to be very complimentary assuming that that's the route they take mm. um I want to 
talk for a brief moment to talk about what I've been doing all this past week, uh, which is playing a little game called Kingdom Hearts RE Chain of Memories. Alex, uh, you are officially exiled right now. Yeah, I'll be back so, in a few minutes. I'm going to go get a Coke Zero. Enjoy your uh, poop. I don't necessarily... Like, here's the thing. Last week, I said, uh, I'm just going to keep my discussion about this game to a minimum because this is a game I've played many times before and I don't feel like I have necessarily a whole lot new to say about it. It then kind of dawned upon me over the past few days, though, that that was a little bit unfair because I have not really talked about that game that much on Press YZ specifically. Um, the original Game Boy Advance version of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories is legit one of my favorite games of all time like legitimate it's in my top five games of all time uh it is a kind of card-based action rpg take on the kingdom hearts formula and i realized that just those words alone are a major turnoff to a lot of people and no not the kingdom hearts part the card-based part uh but for whatever reason it was just playing that game i was like wow this is hitting on all the dopamine receptors and it was that way the first time i played it it was that way the second time i played it third time fourth time eventually i got the playstation 3 version of the game which was actually originally released on the playstation 2 in 2009 anyways long story short i'm boring everyone with all this needless exposition i don't think that this version of the game, which I'm playing on my PlayStation 4, is the most optimal version of it. I think that on the original Game Boy Advance, the sprite work in Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories is a lot more prettier than like the PlayStation 2 models that this game uses. I also think that the battles are a little bit more thrilling because the arenas in which you fight your opponents are a lot smaller, which means that you have to be a lot more kind of on top of making decisions quickly all the same it is still a good fun time looking forward to platinuming it over the course of the next 70 hours good luck with that is it over all right (laughs) it just ended alex i'm pleased to let you know that batman just rode his nuclear bomb into the sunset and exploded and ended up in italy with uh a beautiful woman did you did you watch the dark night rises recently have not seen is this no, why you're keep making these references? I, I, no joke. I saw that movie three times in theater and I've never seen it since. I and it I just, somehow, I, it's just imprinted into my brain. I saw it I in IMAX why. and regretted it. I really yeah. liked it when it came out. It's not very good now, though. It wasn't good then. <laughs> I was also 13, so. God, you're young. God I was damn it. Carmen when I saw that goddamn movie. I was, I was 18 when The, the Dark, Dark Knight came out. <gasps> I just like before saying we, before we move on to our topic of the show um, AJ yeah you have something that you want to talk about with regards to you and the giant bomb forums yeah no um, just really quick um, so giant bomb is currently doing their game of the year um, deliberations um, and this is the first year they've uh, not been all in the same room together to do them um, mm. I, I know me being like the the primary giant bomb advocate um, in the, in this kind of funny group of people um, you know it it's something that I look forward to every year uh, the giant bomb deliberations just a good reflection of games um, but um something that I got kind of inspired to do by our own um, game of the game of the year episodes that we did here was I took the spreadsheet that we used for that uh, and all of Mitch's uh, code fancy coding that he put into it. I done math. Um, good. He did math. Good. Um, I, and I amended it a bit and uh, t- 
took How dare you over the so over the the since 2008 giant bomb has been around and they've always done a, a game of the year uh deliberation yeah 2008 I'm that's old. when giant bomb came out oh uh, yeah me too um and yeah so uh they always put out you know multiple lists uh of, of from the different staff members kind of like how we had our own lists of our top five games they do top 10 lists right so what i did is i amended uh the spreadsheet we used and made it uh be a top 10 list um and put all of the staff uh lists from every single year i spent an entire saturday afternoon doing this um, because we are in a, a new lockdown and I needed something to occupy my brain. Totally. Um, absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, I just went through it. I took some liberties on breaking ties on some people's lists who would put 11 games or something like that because they couldn't decide on the 10th spot or something. Um, yeah, and I went through all of them and 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 just sort of came up with the definitive game of the year list. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna put this year's uh, game of the year stuff um, together in this in the same document and on the same forum posts uh, and whatnot when when that stuff is available. But I just wanted to give a shout out to GiantBomb.com, a website about video games, um, for for sticking with it and uh, after all these years and uh, you know being real cool. So game of the year are happening cool, now. Man. Video games are cool. The video games are cool. Yeah. I, I want to give right. a shout out to you doing like t- making all this effort to tabulate all this stuff. I, I people who listen to the show know that I listen to the comedy button and like a couple of years ago I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take all of the like catchphrases that Max Scoville says at the beginning of the comedy button and put them in one Google Doc. And mm-hmm. you know, let me tell you, man, that was two great hours that I should have otherwise spent listening to a guy drone on in a computer engineering class. Ah. <laughs> and now Let's we're here. Enough. Yeah, now we're here. Let's talk a little bit about our topic of the show for this evening, which is going to be us deciding on the top five cho- games introduced to kids, to introduce gaming to kids. This was actually this was actually an idea from our community. So Brynvar, very active in our community, uh, wanted to Thank know you, how he was supposed to redeem channel points to suggest the topic of the show on Twitch. And I told him, save your points, just give me the idea and we'll throw it in. And literally we threw it into the next episode. So shout out to you and shout out to anyone else who wants to use their, uh, what do we call them? I was going to say. What do you uh, call the monies? Girth bucks. I was going to say, bucks. for the record. Brynvar, we love you. We love that you provided us with this idea for today's topic of the show. For the record, make sure that you redeem your topic of the show idea in the future. We are only making an exception this one time because Brynvar is a lovely person. Yes, exactly. We're good? We're good. good. Well, and it's mostly because I wanted to use it this week because I think it's a great idea, especially since only one of us has kids of trying to figure out what games are best to introduce kids to gaming. Hmm. Well, uh, let's see. I started playing do... Halo, uh, Crimson Skies. 
before we get to our picks, I should mention that this topic of the show discussion is going to be done in the style of player's choice, which means that we're going to provide all of our individual picks and then we're going to go through them and in a polite and civil manner decide which ones are going to stay on the list and which ones are going to get kicked off. There's going to be no going at each other's throats, weird I, political manipulation, Baby Yoda, Tekken character model stuff. Sorry. I just had an idea, and I need to say it now, or else I will forget it. Go. Maybe sure. maybe in the future of Player's Choice, we need to use the uh, Game of the Year spreadsheet and put all of our things into that, rank them personally uh, each time, and then we can go through uh, the list as to where we would, like, how we would rank them, and then it would just uh. formulate... Well, the, it could the be actual we, list. It could be we all have our own top five, and then our number one for each one will go into the YYZ top five. Also, you thinking think we could do the game year. of the year thing for every time we wanted to do player's choice? It took like no, three no. weeks of pulling teeth to get you no, guys no, to no, fill no, out no. that damn form. I, we come no, into no, all no, these no. episodes. That's not what I'm saying. I don't even have full games prepared right now. This is gonna be great. That's not what I'm saying, Mitchell. Whatever. I'm saying, Alexander, take, a, take the entire list and then all of us just on the show rank rank where we want everything, to, where we think everything should go, and then boom, it's done. You have way too much faith in us filling things out. I really Bar, do. If you are listening to this podcast live, or if you're listening to it after the fact, schedule a tweet to remind all of us of this two and a half weeks from now. Okay, good. All right, let's get <laughs> into players' choice. Five games to introduce gaming to kids. What I do have a clarifying I, question. Yes. How old are we assuming these kids would be that we are introducing games to? Five. Twelve I think and that under. Does... Twelve is I a good feel number. Like, yeah, I think like I'd say like seven is like the maximum. So does that sound fair? As somebody you with like youngest. My kids started playing games yeah, at like four, three and four. Mm. Right. But uh, like, when is the latest you would want, like in terms of trying to, it, it, it's not even just introducing kids to gaming. It's also like trying to find games at the appropriate age to get them hooked on gaming. It's like, yeah, I gamed at four Tetris and Pokemon were my jam, but I didn't really get hooked on gaming until like the PS3 Wii generation when I was a little older and able to kind of form my own thoughts. So, so the introduction would be when when you were four younger, or when I got were, hooked on it. When you when you were when you were younger, because if younger. It, if the topic is when you would introduce a game games to kids, what games would you use? Then it would have to be when you were younger. Yeah, this would be like the minimum age when you're first introduced to it. Okay, so like we'll say under ten then. Sure, under five. Under five. Yes. Okay. Let's have eyeballs developed under five. Like, let's have a window of from the age of three when you can form a sentence until you can talk at three. I don't know how kids seven, dude. I could walk at nine months. I'm a fucking miracle. Okay. You're also a ginger, so you have no soul. Strawberry blonde, motherfucker. Strawberry blonde. What age were all of you? when you all were enrolled in grade one six six 
Yeah, I feel like I that's so, yeah. kind of it's like that's like the target age that we should go for, and everything around it is like a buffer, if that makes any sense. So we're not suggesting any r- games rated T for teen is basically what we're saying. I wouldn't. I mean, we can still we can still recommend it, I guess, if we can figure you, out an argument. You have it, to but know I would your not kid. do that personally. You yeah, have exactly. to know your your kid. That's up to the parent. If you can make the argument, I think it I think it kind of counts. But we're not arguing here I, uh, anyway. So we're collaborating. Yeah. Alex, I yes. feel like I tortured you a little bit too much earlier with all my, you know, just perfect, immaculate discussion of Kingdom Hearts RE Chain of Memories, one of the, you know, best PlayStation 2 games that was remastered a couple of years ago for the PlayStation 3 and then later oh, on yeah, got ported uh-huh. to the PlayStation 4. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> so you will play through Kingdom Hearts this year, you motherfucker. So let's give see the floor to you first. Okay, what game um, should we use to introduce gaming to our kids? Okay, it's okay because I I'm trying to I'm trying to think because it's Doom. like there's there's some like really obvious answers that you could have. Uh, anything made Manhunt. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> GTA Vice City. <laughs> yeah. Um. Postal Two. Um. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> Cookie clicker. I would say uh, one that I think uh, is a genuine game uh, that, you know, I think kids could get invested in and but like it will age well for them in the sense that they can still come back to it and appreciate it for whole new reasons um, rather than what they like, you know, the kind of I can't think. I uh, they can appreciate it more as they get older, and I would say um, the other I thing I want to think... say before, before you before you say a game, mm-hmm. are we suggesting this for parents now? So like in a time capsule of January twenty twenty one, these are the games for say the PS four, uh, Xbox One, Switch, or are we going? Are we spanning all of gaming any, history? Because any some things might not be as accessible that, today as they were twenty years any ago. Any game that is out that is currently released so from this date backwards i think is fair game games yeah, that you grew up with as a child that you might want to introduce your kid to i think it's fair uh, yeah i was gonna say like i don't feel like we should restrict ourselves to just the current generation there are many parents who are like oh man you gotta start those kids off with the snes era and it's like you know not all the snes games are super available but you know if you really consider those games to be the cream of the crop the prime way to get your kids hooked on that gaming fizz well you got to go for it <laughs> let me let me ask the one parent in the room nathan um yes. do you feel like you're better off suggesting kids that are or games that are more accessible to your kids that their friends might also be playing or go back to the classics it's a little bit of a mixture um okay let, like, let's be honest, when your kids start playing games, I started my son off when he was four with a Game Boy Advance, um, a Game Boy Advance SP. I still have that thing because uh, I thought it was a neat little system. It wasn't too complicated. Two buttons plus the two Quick shoulder time buttons. Out. And a Quick time out. Uh, Alex, yes. Alex Ballant, are you okay if I cede the floor to Nathan and let him go first? Oh, go for it. Yeah, let him, let him go first. Yeah. Sure. Oh, sorry. sorry go for it. Um, oh, no worries. I feel like his uh, opinion's going to be more informed than mine. So so the first game I had him play was um, one of the Super Mario uh, Super Mario Land 2. 
I think. Yeah. And it was just a good introduction. The thing is, when you're thinking about introducing people to games, and we'll talk about this like till the sky is blue, but even when you're talking about World 1-1, there's a reason why World 1-1 works so well. It's because it teaches you how to play the game. And when you yeah. want the kids mm-hmm. to learn how to play games, you need to look at what makes the most sense to help them learn. Because if you give them a game like, I had a Ninja Turtles game, but they would just be frustrated by that because it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up for the GBA. And they're not going to get anywhere and they're not going to figure, like it's not going to be the same connection. Um, so mm-hmm. I remember, because I had to wait in a passport line, so I brought that with him to occupy him and he never touched video games before that. Now he's a video game fiend and is addicted to it. Um, but... Yeah, no, it was, I think it was Super Mario Land 2, which you played in the GPA. So So I was going to say, I I think we're all of a consensus. There should be at least one Mario game here. So let's just try to quickly come to a consensus of which game that should be. And that can be on the list. Does cart count? I would call that a separate. That's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Separate. Okay. Uh, which is funny because the the gif I used for advertising this episode was from Mario Kart, and it was one I did want to talk about at some point. So I'm glad you brought that up, AJ. Um, yeah. For me, if I were to suggest a Mario game today for kids in terms of accessibility uh, or like ease of of getting into the series, I know. I mean, there, there's all those games that are available via the Switch Online SNES app. I'd still probably go with the upcoming Super Mario 3D World. I think that was a really good, did a really good job of introduce, of, of making yeah. it an easy introduction to a 3D Mario game, which is going to be more complex than 2D. So if we want to settle on a 2D title, I would cede that to, to the rest of the crew. But I think just the, the co-op aspect of that as well, of getting to play along with your kid could help in terms of, of course. Like, being able to be there and play together and it's an experience you'd have together. Cause I know for me, I have experienced playing Super Mario World on the SNES with my dad, but it was... I would play the game up to the first ghost house or donut house. I think they were called and he would take the controller. Cause I couldn't figure out how that level was done. He'd hand it back. I I'd get to a point I couldn't I'm beat pretty I'd sure. hand it to him and he'd beat that and so on and so forth. It's called a ghost house. I think that you're calling it a donut house because the region where the first ghost house That's the uh, appears in the game is donut called plates. the donut plates. You're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. The ghost houses. But uh, um, if, if we're moving more, if we're saying more 2d versus 3d, then I would say not 3d world, but that's the one I would throw out there for sure. I, I would say 2D. Um, okay. Typically. Um, and if you're going to go 2D, Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Hmm. Super Mario Deluxe? Brothers U Deluxe. Or is it U Deluxe mm. now? Now yeah, The Switch is one is Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. I bought it for my sister for Christmas. You know, I, I think that Nathan actually might be onto something because I remember your you guys remember the opening. FYI. Sorry, Mike. Your camera's gone. Your camera's gone again. Oh, no worries. But continue your point while you sort through that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Nathan is onto something here because uh, if you guys recall, uh, the opening to Super Mario Galaxy 2 has you start off in like a 2D Mario plane and then it switches over to 3D because I think the people at Nintendo understood like uh, kids might have a little bit more difficulty adjusting to like a 3d environment so let's make sure that we start them off with two dimensions first before we add in the third and so i think that if we're you know starting off with a kid who maybe has had no exposure to video games at all then yeah maybe you might want to go with a 2d mario instead of a 3d even though obviously super mario 3d world is still a stellar choice 
So are we thinking you deluxe? Are we thinking Super Mario World? Are we thinking Super Mario well, Brothers 1 through 3? Mm-hmm. Where are we kind of landing here? I I know I mentioned it on a previous podcast very early on, but my my earliest gaming memory specifically is me playing um, the original Super Mario Brothers on the NES with my dad and him showing me that first a secret one-up mushroom in the hidden block um, very early on. That That is one of my first and earliest memories uh, of of gaming in general and a very fond one I, I have of me and my dad. Um, would I suggest that for, for kids? I still couldn't beat that game today if I wanted to. Um, so probably not that. One of the... Some of the newer ones are probably a little more accessible. I would say mm-hmm. so. We could probably. I'm going to probably narrow it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, moving on. Bowser's Fury. No. That's. That's Super Mario 3D World. Yeah. Never mind. Which I'm very excited to play again with Carmen. <laughs> oh, it's not a good game. It is a good game. Let's the expansion looks good, better because the... it looks like they made it not that game. <laughs> God damn it. It, it looks like an expansion it, to. Uh, to odyssey basically yeah that's why uh, the expansion actually looks better i'm excited to try that when i buy this game for my wife and kids to play nathan yep is there any other game that you wanted to bring up now that we've had our big discussion about having a 2d mario on the list so mario was the big one um i think i had introduced him to tetris but he didn't get tetris his I think you have to be a little bit older to understand Tetris a little bit better in the play because it just stacks up and eventually, like, you just get out. Um, sure. But, um, I mean, he, I was playing Tetris at four, but that might have been in a, like an extraordinary circumstance. Um, I would say Pokemon. I wasn't winning by any means, but. We yep. bought him Pokemon there Black be, 2. Yep. And I thought hmm. he wouldn't be able to get through it um but without knowing how to read yet he beat the game wow. oh wow wow that's not an so, easy pokemon game either yeah so um we happened to just find it used so i bought a copy of it for him um and it was his first introduction to gaming and he didn't know how to read and he still beat the game so I think there's something accessible in the Pokemon series. And I think I don't know which entry it should be. And I'm, I'll yield the floor to you guys on uh, entry. That makes sense. Probably Sword or Shield would be my guess. If we're That's talking. what I was going to yeah. say. Current day. That was I was going to say as well. Go with the latest. Latest yeah. and greatest for sure. Well, and they simplified Sword and Shield in a lot of ways and took out some of the like harder stuff from the prior games. Right. Um, I would say in terms of the most yeah. accessible Pokemon games, you're Honestly, let's go or sun and the sun and moon uh, generation were mm-hmm. probably even not not easier, but they were a lot more handholdy than sword and shield. But I think sword and shield is a good balance of both difficulty for kids as well as you know the bright visuals. And if you have if they have friends who are also into Pokemon, then you get into the trading. Like the big thing for me when I was a kid was we had that one friend who had a Game Boy Link cable, and we'd always go to his house at lunch and friggin' trade Pokemon because he had red and I had blue. So that whole collection aspect of it as well was something that uh, that was really cool uh, as a kid, and I'm sure kids are still into that today. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Cozy jumps around in his video. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, but I would, I would settle on Sword and Shield, I think, for this list for sure. 
Yeah. Totally. Mm. Cool. Uh, mind if I make a suggestion? Sure. Go for it. Sure. Alex, for it. Alex, are you okay still being sure. <laughs> sidelined I, I for can, a bit? I can be the last one if, if need be. I'm fine. All right. Um, I think we have to have a superhero game on this list. Sure. Because when I was a kid, one of my fondest gaming memories of being introduced Superman to a 64. new... No, being introduced to a new... Con- I didn't have an N64 as a kid. Uh, being introduced to a new console. I was in... I played games at that point. I wasn't into games at that point. Um, so for me, the Neversoft Spider-Man game on the PS1 was something very, very special to me and, you know, brought a character that I love in into a form where I could interact with that character in a way I've never done that before. I had a... I think I had a Spider-Man game on the original Game Boy that was terrible. Um, so oh, that somewhere. PS1 game was really... I think I remember that one, actually. It was really bad. Um, mm. but that, that Spider-Man PS1 game really did something special for me. So if I were to narrow it down to two that I think we could argue between and you guys are going to laugh. Um, and this would be for an older kid you're introducing to games because they're both rated T for teen. So use your judgment as a parent, but it would be Marvel Ultima, ultimate Alliance three, the black order hmm. or Marvel's Avengers. I would Not say Marvel's Avengers. Avengers. I would say ultimate Alliance. Yeah. I'd say ultimate Alliance out of those two. Honestly, I thought you were going to say. Honestly, I thought you were. I thought what? you were going to say Spider Man. Like the I PS4 thought Spider-Man. about it. I think it's a little I, too complex. I think Spider Man PS4 is a better nature. Yeah, I think because like Avengers and think, uh, Marvel th- Ultimate Alliance are more button mashy. So I was just thinking for kids, it's easier well, for them to to get into and play. So for me, the, the thing is, is, more than just being easier to get into play, like, I feel like the objectives in Ultimate Alliance 3 are way simpler than Spider-Man and Avengers. There are multiple points throughout Avengers where I'm like, I'm not, it's not super clear to me where it is I'm supposed to go or what it is exactly I'm supposed to do. And so that's just something that I'm keeping in my mind as I'm kind of making these decisions yeah. i just think that the popularity of the mcu and i know we talked about it a bunch at the top of this episode with wandavision it can't really be overlooked at this point like those properties do mean a lot for getting people into experiences and to get people to spend hundreds of dollars to go to a theme park with heroes or um all these other things right so i think the ip itself can't be overlooked so i think in terms of licensed game representation here i think marvel makes the most sense and one of those three games, even if you want to throw Spider-Man into the mix. Although I think that might be a little too complex for younger kids. I think, well, Nathan, you can let it. Did you play Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 with your kids? Um, so we have Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. We also have PS Spider-Man PS4. My kids actually didn't gravitate towards Ultimate Alliance like I thought they would. Right. Um, they played a hmm. little bit of it together, but they got too, it got too hard for them when they were in co-op mode. Um, they put it down mm. pretty quickly. Um, but I will say they were playing Spider-Man PS4 and not even like doing the missions. They were just having fun swinging around the city for hours. Yeah, that's that was 100% the point I was going to make is just you hand a kid a, a PlayStation controller and tell them like just hit the trigger because the game does so much of the work for you to make you look good that it's just swinging around is just engaging on its own that it can really give a sense of like it can... In a lot of ways, I do think that that game can really help because one of the biggest hurdles introducing anyone to games is just the language of using a controller. How do you move and look at the same time? And I feel like because Spider, like the way that Insomniac made it so that 
a lot of the the button presses kind of do cool things even if it's not intentional it's i think it's a very i think it could be a very good way to introduce somebody who's just not used to using a controller and like there's no punishment for not for like say if you fall all the way to the ground there's no fall damage either so it's like it has a lot of the tools in place to kind of teach how to how to traverse this environment which I think I think is something that can't be understated. I mean, I'm I'm happy to concede to that then if we want to say Marvel Spider-Man instead. I mean, it Echo is one of my earliest gaming experiences in the uh, the NeverSoft game, so I'm cool with that. Yeah, AJ? yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. All right, who's next? Uh, Alex, you said that you were willing to wait until the end to dole out your choice. So if you're still okay with that, AJ, you can go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah. I mentioned Mario Kart earlier. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to bring it up again uh, now. Uh, the, the Mario Kart specifically that I was thinking of... Um, not necess- not not the most recent one on the Switch, but if you think about, say, Double Dash, right? For a younger kid especially, you have you have you have options with Double Dash in that you you can have because it's uh, two characters per cart, um, the multiplayer you can play cooperatively on the same cart. Okay. You- you drive now, now, and and you throw the items, or vice versa, or whatever. Um, or you can, uh, when when they feel confident and ready, then they can uh, go separately and have their own screen and their own, um, their own, uh, w- their own cart, and and do the whole thing themselves if they wanted to. Um, my first Mario Kart was on the N64, and that one was fine. Um, but uh, the next one, Double Dash, I think uh, ju- just the accessibility of the options that you have if you want to sit down and, and play with um, your kid, um, and they-, they can help they can help you win by throwing the shells, or or they. They can learn to drive by by driving and and just focusing on the driving and avoiding objects and stuff. And uh, while you you throw the items and and keep an eye out for that sort of thing, I think I think it's it's a good good choice personally. I think it's uh, you made a very solid argument. My only question that I would raise though is, do you think though that Mario Kart Eight Deluxe at the end of the day though is also equally worthy of recognition because it includes the auto steering mechanic in that. Yeah, that is very true. Um, it, it does have that. It's why I, I was leaning double dash specifically is the cooperative nature that you can enable. And that that's like the one, the one extra aspect because you don't, you, you always hear the horror stories about like, you, you never know what to do with a kid necessarily, uh, especially your own, when 
do you do you let them win or do you uh, beat their ass into the dirt and, and them teach win. them a good listen you and teach them a good win. lesson? Yeah, you beat you beat the crap. You, you assert your you assert your dominance but, until one day they're able to overtake you. That never exactly, happened. and you still have that you still have that option in double dash. But if you're not necessarily interested in going down that path, you can do a cooperative Mario Kart in double dash. So I like the thought to it. My question is, how easy is it to get? a copy of Double Dash, a GameCube, and the multiple controllers to introduce somebody to it. If we were going to take I this I mean, list, I've got a GameCube right behind me. I've got multiple controllers. You, you do, but a parent Let's, who's trying to introduce themselves to their kids to games will likely well, use what they have around and not fall I back on nostalgia. I was going to say, let's say in this hypothetical scenario, this hypothetical parent doesn't have an issue with getting their GameCube games through other means. Yeah, I don't this, think that we. I don't think it's unfair for us to judge them if the, they feel like this is the way that fair. we've got to do it. The yeah. top. The topic is five games to introduce kids to gaming, not what's the easiest, most ex- most approachable uh, way to purchase a game to introduce your kid to gaming. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So it, it's just games. It's games in general, not not. Like we said off the top, not limited to this current generation, which our list currently seems like it's heading that way. I I would agree with you there. I think more cooperative experiences, the better. That's why I shared Marvel's Ultimate Alliance 3, thinking that'd be a good parent-child game to play. Uh, but mm-hmm. on this one, I'm, I'm with Cozy of, I think, the auto-steering, the auto-acceleration... Um, the, the, they've made it so more people are like I can get my mom to play Mario Kart and my mom does not play video games so mm-hmm. I just I think from that respect I think it's going to be an, you're going to have an easier time getting kids into Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as opposed to Double Dash where there's more to manage in terms of flipping the car around and, and all those sorts of things right I, I think just, for an older kid I mean, for them to go back and do Double Dash would be cool but I think if you're looking at a younger kid I think Mario Kart 8 kind of hits that sweet spot I mean, I think that Mario Kart 8 is great in that regard, but I think AJ made a very fair argument on his own. I'll only be the tiebreaker if there is a tie. Where do you stand, Nathan? Um, that steering is uh, helpful. The auto steering is a helpful thing. I actually never played Double Dash, so I don't have an opinion on the game. Uh, IGN gave it a 7.8, so I avoided it. Um, too much water? Too- <laughs> All right. So Alex didn't look good enough. Where do you stand? I'm kind of in the same boat. I've only played eight. I haven't played double dash. So my kids love eight, but I'll just say that, you know, like they're, they're really, I do think the excess, my six year old's really solid at it. He can beat my, uh, uh, eight year old, uh, fellow YYZ video co-host, uh, Nick Blaine, AKA shotgun McPain is in our chat saying he literally put eight in front of a three year old and they were able to play. So I think for that alone, if you're putting mm. it in front of a kid who's young enough, I think eight deluxe takes the cake. Yeah, I think the accessibility I wanna, of eight. Just I think I, I want to again just acknowledge the argument that AJ put forth on why Mario Kart uh, Double Dash is worthy of being on this list. I thought it was very very good, mm. but I think we've kind of come to a consensus. No, I think it yep. makes. I think what he's saying is a really good argument, and honestly, Absolutely. if I could play Double Dash, or if they made a way to play GameCube games available on the Switch, I'd love to pick that up. 
and play with my yeah, kids and try same. it. I mean, they put Sunshine on the Switch. Why can't they put Double Dash there? Maybe they're not working on Mario Kart 9. They're working on Mario Kart 3D All-Star Deluxe or, Ultra 8 something. I don't know. Let's just One be honest. There won't be another Mario Kart. It's going to be a Nintendo Kart next. I hope so, dude. That's they come so. out at E3 and branches. announce a Nintendo Kart? Yeah. I mean, they put no, Link we. and the Villager from Animal Crossing in 8, so... Super and Smash Isabel. Derby. Oh, and Isabel, yeah. Super Smash Derby. Destruction All-Stars. It's not going to be good. Battle Royale. Destruction <laughs> All-Stars is going to be well, good. It's not. It's going to get like a Master six. Hand drops 100 moving characters on, onto a map. Moving on. With Mario Kart 8 decided upon as our fourth pick, I'll go ahead with my fifth pick. Um, spoilers, it's another Nintendo game, this time from the Legend of Zelda series. So, you know, I went through the list of all the various Zelda games to try and figure out what would be a good game for somebody who is relatively new to the medium. And I decided to land upon the Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Uh, this is another instance where it's like, I, I, mm -hmm. I fully acknowledge that, like, maybe this is not exactly the easiest Zelda game to get your hands on, but we're in a hypothetical scenario where, let's just say that the parent can get their hands on whatever game they so prefer. Um, Legends of the Link Between Worlds was not actually a game that I connected with immensely myself when I first played it. Uh, I had a lot of love for A Link to the Past prior to it, and I... I didn't feel like narratively A Link Between Worlds really took advantage of its status as a sequel to that game. And I think one of the kind of main gimmicks of the game, which is that you can uh, like obtain most of the items in the game right up front and use those to uh, complete uh, dungeons using a variety of different means and methods. It, it didn't really appeal to me. I like it when you obtain a item relatively early on in a Zelda dungeon, like your bow and arrow or your morning star or your fire rod and then the rest of the dungeon is built around using the item in all sorts of creative ways uh discovering that like oh you can just solve these puzzles using whatever items you have in your inventory was disappointing for me but i feel like for new time players of video games that could actually be uh really cool of being like hey i'm a kid i'm figuring myself out i don't know what i necessarily have a preference for huh i kind of feel like i like bombs i'm gonna use bombs a lot i'm gonna be the uh bombs legend of zelda boy oh hey i can solve this entire dungeon or at least most of this entire dungeon entirely using bombs i think that that is something really special about a link between worlds i feel deserves it having a spot on this list unless somebody should feel like another Legend of Zelda game should be on this list. I think I personally think the best one to introduce a kid to Link's crossbow be, training. Yeah. No. No. Um <laughs> I mean I mean it actually hey. might. Hey. Uh I think it might actually be for me personally uh, the Wind Waker. Um, and that, that seems like the obvious choice because it has, you know, the, the, the tune aesthetic and whatnot. Um, you made, you made a very good point of being able to, um, play, play the, uh, play, play the way you want and what kind of items you want to use and when and whatever. Um, I, d I, I think personally when it comes to Zelda, um, as much as I love Breath of the Wild, it's too open-ended. Um, the Wind Waker, you have the, the, the tune aesthetic, you have the classic Zelda structure of 
okay, uh, you've done a thing. You you need to go to this other place now, right? And then uh, you you, uh, you do that thing. You you go through the you have the the linear dungeon structure as well. Um, but then it does open up just a little bit in terms of it's technically an open world because you have the entire great sea there that is yours to explore. Um, you can go to an island and uncover all the, the different uh, mysteries and whatnot, uh, depending on what version you play, whether if it's on the Wii U, you're going to have probably a, a less... You're probably going to have an easier time uh, because of the the upgrades that they made, the small, slight upgrades that they made to it. But if you go with the original... You know, just being able to sail around uh, the open sea like that, um, you get into, you could potentially get into pirate fights. You got to avoid bad weather. Um, you know, the 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 only thing that uh, when I was a kid, uh, the only thing that I used uh, actually, I was, a, I think it was thirteen when that game came out, twelve or thirteen. Um, the only t- thing I used a guide for was the Triforce pieces, and there's no shame in that. It's mm. It was just I would I would did not have the patience to go try and find a map and then go to Tingle get it decrypted only to have him tell me to go somewhere else and get a Triforce piece. Go ahead, Mitch. Um, I have a couple of things. I don't know how accessible or how approachable the Legend of Zelda series is for someone under the age of ten. Um, but if I were to throw one at it. Um, I would also throw Link's Awakening into that boat, specifically oh, the I was remake we just got Awakening. on the Switch, because I feel like it's a smaller, more contained experience. Uh, the the graphic style on the Switch, I think, is really could be really appealing to kids. It it looks like you're playing with toys or clay or whatever you want to call that art style. <laughs> I think that could be again. They're probably just going to run around in circles and you know smash smash things with their sword. They're not gonna. They're probably not gonna get through the game at a young enough age without a little help or a guide or something. I know I, think, I couldn't do that in the original. Yeah. Uh, Link's Awakening. Uh, yeah. So. But I still think that might be the best one to put in front of a kid today. Um, but I, I mean, I'm happy. Like, we'll we'll throw as many games as this list at, at this list as we can, and hopefully not go more just, than two hours. But we can narrow it just down get, once just, we have more on it. Just compare. Sorry. Just comparing. Um, the re-release of Link's Awakening to The Wind Waker, um, there there is a cryptic nature to um, Link's Awakening that personally, that that's kind of what held me back yeah. from being able to progress, where The Wind Waker and even uh, A Link Between Worlds is a little bit more... Um, the, the direct in telling you, hey, you can go do this thing next. Sure. This yeah. this is where you need to go next, the, the, right? E- go ahead. Sorry, I'm going to say the problem with, um, and I love Link's Awakening, it's my favorite Zelda game, is the trading quest where you have to trade all the pieces um, right. all over the thing. And that's part yeah. of the main story, yeah. correct? You, there's comes yeah. to a point where you meet a monkey and you need to give the monkey something so he can build a bridge so you can continue going. Um, and it's a roadblock for people getting past that. Um, once you complete the whole train quest, you get like an item, which isn't necessary to complete the game, but it is built into you moving forward in the game eventually. So, um, mm-hmm. and, and I love Link's Awakening. I think it's a great game and I think the remake's really, really solid, but they didn't make it any better in the remake. 
So in terms of figuring out what that is, but I actually, I'm going to side with AJ and say the, the wind waker. Cause we talked about um, like just swinging from in the city and Spider-Man just sailing around the ocean is fun for the kids. Yep. Sure. I'm, I'm down to throw that down there. And once we get games down there, narrowing it down, I don't know if Zelda makes the cut, but I'd never finished wind waker either. So I can't really speak one way or the other. Oh, we so well, need that. even with just the three of you, it seems like wind waker wins by majority. So we'll put that down. Uh, Alex. All right. Finally. So uh, I guess to continue on my original point uh, before it got, um, you know, tangents. Uh, Sorry, Alex. Other people. Pretty- oh, no worries. Yeah, your opinion was a lot more informed than mine. Um, and it gave me time to think, actually. So uh, the game that I am going to be bringing to the table is one that kind of throws a lot of the things that we were talking about just out the window. Um, but Ooh, also still, Doom, I think- isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Doom Eternal um, on Ultraviolence, uh, specifically. Yep. Um, I don't think this is a good know, pick. If they can't beat it, they if they can't eat it, or if they can't beat it, then they don't get to eat. Your real pick is Leisure Suit Larry, isn't it? Uh, yes. Can I? Yeah, wait, I before it. we go on, I just want to say that new Leisure Suit Larry game is actually good. What? It's a good game. Huh? I platinumed it. That's not possible. Of course you did. It was review code, but I love advanced point-to-click adventure games. It's really good. I'm just, I'll just say that. I'm proud of you, Nathan. Fair enough. Proud All right. Of I'm it. not. You know what? I am. <laughs> Alex, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so the game that I was going to choose is, um, it's Minecraft. I think Minecraft is. Yeah. Oh fuck! Such That's a, a great good, one. That's a it's really a, yeah, good because, one. Yeah, because because. That's good. Like it's very open-ended, but there's a lot of things. For one, it's very accessible. You can. You can play it on your phone. You can play it on uh, either your refrigerator, any, any console, PC. So it's like whatever sort of input method um, kind of works the most at whatever age they are. You can really, you can really um, customize the experience for that. You can also play with them on whatever whatever device you want as well. So it's like if you, if they only really like playing it on the phone right now you can be playing on your xbox or your pc or your playstation and be able to play with them you can you can teach them how to do stuff they could just run around and just punch trees if they want to there's so much and there's so many new things to discover that i think it's just and also you can play the game on peaceful as well so you don't have to deal with enemies until like they're ready for that like there's or just even creative if they just want to you know put blocks down and maybe build stuff like there's so much verse it's so versatile to what type of experience you want to and what experience they want to that I think Minecraft is just I mean there's a reason it's one of the most popular games in the world right now is just because there's it's limitless it's basically Legos but a video game so I think it's I think it's a very strong, it would have to be like one of the top choices. It should be on there. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, Speaking, speaking of Legos, we haven't talked about Lego games yet. Mm -hmm. Mm. So do you want to go ahead next and talk about Lego games? Mitch? Uh, We could. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I think, I think um, at the rate, at at the rate at which we're going, we'll do one more kind of like tour around the circle, but if if we're like uh, I don't really feel like I have anything like other than my first pick, we won't like force anybody to add an extra one. Yeah, um, I think the Lego games are super approachable for for kids, and it's something you can play cooperatively as a parent to help them through the experience, teach them how the different character powers work. 
Um, it plays back into what we talked about with Marvel earlier of you can pick a license that they like, whether it be Harry Potter, even though J.K. Rowling's a piece of shit, or Marvel, or Star Wars, mm. or I, I wouldn't DC, necessarily go as like no the Hobbit, yeah, I guess Batman. DC's better than movies. DC villains mm. is great. <laughs> I still gotta play that. Um, I bought it to play with Carmen because she was really excited when I showed it to her, and then we haven't touched it. So it's the best. Hopefully, we get to that at so some far. point. Ooh, yeah. I mean, is that the one we want to put on the list? Because I'd be happy with that. But honestly, uh, I don't even think we should put a specific Lego game. I just think we should just say pick any a Lego Le game, Lego series that pertains to their interests. Whatever series they're into at the moment. Like if you're if you're sitting them down to watch Star Wars, let them play through the movies in Lego form too. Yeah. If yeah. you're sitting da them down to watch the Marvel movies, let them do that. And you know, whatever. I cannot wait for Lego Star Wars the Skywalker saga to come out in April. Fact yes. check someone, me, myself. Sounds right. Um yeah, I, that sounds right. It was it's right be, enough. It was earlier, and then they delayed it. Lego Star Wars. Uh, but it just says 2021 now, so we don't have a release date. But I'm really hoping that is uh, that is real good because I look forward to playing that with Carmen when that comes out. I, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I, I was just saying. I hope. Uh, I hope the changes they make to the formula doesn't make it feel not Lego because it's supposed to be, feel very different from existing lego games but i would just leave this at lego series that pertains to their interest yeah yeah i can agree with that just a a lego game yeah um cool that's it can i, can I make cool. another suggestion of course for sure go for it mario party when you're playing with young kids very simple controls learning how to like with the mini games just how to use a controller works really well uh, you've got that co-op play for families. My kids love Mario Party Night. Do we want to just say Mario Party series, or do you want to put a specific game in there? I would just say Super no, Mario. No, you Party. have to sit the you have to sit them down in order through fifty turns each, all the way through the series, and only then can you introduce them to another game. Fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, AJ, Mario, you want to go I next? Think Mario Party is a series is one to put down there. Yeah. Uh, I have another suggestion. Um, Wii Sports. Yeah. Pull out your Wii from the basement and... Yeah. Blow the dust off Put the it. disc in and just... Hey, you want to you wanna do bowling? You know? Or I think that's a... Hope, that's a hope that you didn't forget batteries in the controllers like I did and have to clean them out with uh, some rubbing alcohol and hope that they still work because of the batteries that exploded I, in them. I did that uh, in with in my basement uh when i was looking through i realized oh no my my fucking wave bird had a corroded battery in oh it. no rubbing alcohol will i mean it saved my wii controller so it might help you you need i think you need um uh or was it vinegar the, the, uh, baking baking soda baking, baking soda, soda and water baking soda and water can, can i give a deep cut here instead of wii sports you guys are gonna laugh at me anyways sports champions for the ps3 with the PlayStation Move controllers. No. Mm. No. Wii Sports. No, hold on, hold on. Let no. Nathan say his piece. No. Why Why do you hate sports champions, Mitch? Because who owns sports champions other than Nathan? I have number one and number two. 
I didn't even know they made a number two. It was really good. I'm going to be honest, I've never heard of this game until you said it right now. So. I played it one time at a friend's house who was convinced that PlayStation Move was going to be the game changer and that the Wii was old technology. Can, can I just point out so, we're still using the PS Move controllers on a PS5? I'm not, I will say this. because I haven't plugged my VR headset into it because they don't make it easy. Too many steps. I will say this. I prefer my Wii remotes over my PlayStation Move controllers. However, there are certain advantages to the PlayStation Move controller that the Wii remote does not have. Uh, case in point, you guys heard of Johann Sebastian Joust? I have heard of this. Yes. Right. So It was a very big giant bomb meme back in the day. Oh, really? So yeah. for those of you who might not be familiar, basically the idea is it's not even a video game, really. The idea is that, like... On screen, music will play, and while the music plays, you like walk around and move around wildly while holding your um, like PlayStation Move wand. And then when the music stops, you have to stop, and you can like try and risk it. And like if there's somebody standing over there, it still is a statue. You can try to like hit them and basically knock them out of the game by making them move their we were by making them move their PlayStation Move controller. But obviously the risk is that you don't want to move your own body too much because you don't want to shake your controller up as well. During that game, your controller basically emits the light that corresponds to your character that you're currently playing as, and then that light will fade out, if I recall correctly, when you are killed. And it's one of those examples where like you could not do that kind of game with Wii remotes. So I don't know, Mitch. I think you're being a little bit too harsh on, you know, Sony's beloved motion controller. I think that there, are, it has more to it than you give it credit. That might be the case, but the Wii remote was in millions of homes specifically to go bowling without going to a bowling alley, and I think for that reason, it belongs on this list. I'm with AJ. I agree as well. Okay. I mean, I'm in agreement with you. I still think that you and Nathan have something unresolved that you'll need to come head to head to in a future episode. Only one of us is wearing a PlayStation hat right now. So I think I have enough to say when it comes to PlayStation. Uh, Nathan. All right. Uh, Alex, did you have any more games that you wanted to bring to the table? Um, not really. Like, we could literally list most Nintendo properties and yeah. there's going to be a game in that franchise that would work very well. I don't Yoshi really, Kirby Animal um, Crossing Captain like, Toad Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, Luigi's Mansion even I think is accessible enough for kids like they do a great job of making games for kids. Yeah. Like the they are, they are the undisputed Switch. king. Yeah. I because um, you're a parent. I wouldn't pull, I wouldn't buy all the Switch games I do if it wasn't for my kids, and that's the honest truth. Most of the Nintendo products that come out nowadays, I do not enjoy. My wife's just about... Actually, she beat Origami Kin, and I want nothing to do with that game because the battle system sucks. I've watched her play... I want to give that one a shot. I think the world looks great, but I think the battle system looks terrible. And I don't yeah. want anything to do with it. Uh, but she's about to beat it. My kids have enjoyed it. Um, so... There's something about it. Yeah. Something about the way Nintendo makes games. Yeah. And she's only it's playing that, that game. It, it's her first start. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was no, saying it's ahead. her it's her first RPG, and she's only playing because it's got the Mario name on it. There's just something about right. that Mario name. Mm 
even something like Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle was like baby's first tactical RPG. Like that could even be something you could throw in here of. And even that wasn't even Nintendo. That was a collaboration with Ubisoft, right? Like they released that title. But there's just something about the IPs that they put out that are just, you know, approachable for young people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I think there's not much else I can kind of say. Like there's a few games I'm kind of thinking of, but even then I feel like nothing is really i think our list right now is like the peak like if this is going to be first video game experience a lot of these are what i would personally do and then go on to like this next step would be like anything else i would suggest okay do we want to start narrowing down from the list we have then Sure. I, I do want to just very Go briefly ahead, say, um, when I was researching ahead of time what games I wanted to recommend, uh, I went into Telltale's back catalog of games and went to go and see, are there any games on this list that are like, you know, relatively family friendly? Because, you know, stuff like Walking Dead is very easy for anyone to pick up and play, but not everybody should play that, especially if they're it's yeah, your, you know, that first in introduction to the medium. Nope. Yeah, and they're six or five years old. <laughs> and I mean, I guess that I, I I suppose that you could probably recommend something like their uh, Guardians of the Galaxy series, for example, which I have not personally played, but which I, I trust is probably pretty good. It was. D- did fine. anyone else here play it? It was fine. Okay. I got the platinum. It was a Guardians story. It wasn't the best story, um, but again, it's an approachable choose your own adventure style game, and I think that's fine. It wasn't there wasn't anything too graphic. There was a couple of characters that I think spoilers might have might have been some character death based on your choices. I don't remember exactly, but hmm. uh, maybe for an older kid. I, I don't know if I'd put this in front of a five year old unless they're really okay. into Guardians of the Galaxy. Fair enough. Uh, but in any case, after kind of stealing on Guardians of the Galaxy and the rest of Telltale's catalog, I was drawn back to a game from my childhood that is very much in sort of the same tradition as their games, which is Pajama Sam. Um, Pajama Sam is basically a kind of action game, sorry, not an action game, an adventure game, sort of in the same vein as things like Tales from Monkey Island, but a lot more skewed down and scaled with younger kids in mind. Um, it was produced by a video game company called Humongous Entertainment that was co-founded by Ron Gilbert, one of the kind of original maestros of the adventure game genre, worked on titles like Maniac Mansion, amongst others. And I think that that game is just a really, it's a really kind of great distillation of, you know, what makes uh, adventure games funny, what makes adventure games, you know, entertaining to play, but in a way that it's very approachable to even three-year-old Alexander Kazina. So I wanted to throw that in as a last-minute, just shot-in-the-dark addition to this list, but if you guys are like, nah, we don't care much about this Pajama Sam dude, I'm totally fine leaving it off. He worked on Thimbleweed Park. I didn't know that. Yeah, Ron yeah. Gilbert. He's yeah, that the, was like one of his more recent games. Yeah, yeah, that was the big thing about Thimbleweed Park was that it was like a it, it was really is a Maniac Mansion style game. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's great to shout a game like this out. I think these kind of games are approachable for kids, but I think with everything else we have, it won't make the top five, but happy to hear yeah. about it. And I agree cool. with I agree with Mitch. I think this is a good addition, but I don't think it makes the top five. I, I do think if we talk about top ten, it would potentially be there. I'll be surprised if our right. top five isn't just all Nintendo games. So let's talk about that top ten. 
we have, in order, Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Pokemon Sword Slash Shield, Spider-Man PS4, also known as Spider-Man 2018, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, Minecraft, Lego series that pertain to interest, I'm just reading it down verbatim what's been written, Mario Party, Wii Sports, and an honorable mention to Pajama Sam. What game right here do we think is like, okay, yeah, this absolutely must be on this list? Mario. Mario. Minecraft. All three Marios, I would say. All three Marios? I'd say all three. I think Mario, Mario Kart, Mario Party all should be here because there's just something about that IP. Yeah, Yeah, I I think we can leave Mario Party out. Mario Party is the only one I would say is horrible, but the other two I agree with. Not that it's a bad game for kids, but I think I would put, yeah, Mario, Super Mario okay. Bros. U and Kart over it. That's fair. But also Minecraft. Also yeah. Minecraft, yep. Yeah, I think also Minecraft, Minecraft. I also think Pokemon's a, a, a lock there, too. I really do. Well, let's let's uh, kind of go over the other ones. So if we agree, all right, Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Minecraft are on this list, that leaves Pokemon Sword Shield, Spider-Man, The Wind Waker, Lego, and Wii Sports. So we have to choose two of those. I mean, I honestly am in agreement with Mitch. I think Pokemon, I think especially because it's Pokemon Sword and Shield, I think those are like very, very accessible. Um, I, I would fully agree with putting those on. Yeah, and I, I will say, like, no offense towards uh, the Lego series, but I feel like if part of the point of us creating this top five list is we want to create a top five list of diverse gaming experiences, like, not that they are exactly alike, but you are doing a lot of similar things in the Lego games and new, uh, like, the Super Mario-ish uh, games. I think I think the last spot should be a licensed game. If we're if we're in agreement on Pokemon being the fourth, that's. Um, but we can talk about that if AJ, Nathan, Alex, or Cozy, sorry, you have anything to say with regards to Pokemon being on the top five. I think. Uh, I, no, I, I don't have an issue. Okay. I don't have an issue with it. I think, for me, should one day the day come when when I do that, I would be. Uh, looking I, I would be looking for the easiest way to go through the whole series personally other than rather than starting at the most recent one sure um and being like hey i got this one version you get the other version and then you know we can trade back and forth but starting with the old ones and and whatnot just for me personally because i already know those ones and i know what i'm doing and i can help out where where it is there in terms of pokemon sure that's my only hesitancy is Yes, the newer ones they could do it themselves, but I like the idea the the nostalgia factor aspect of it. Yeah. yeah, I mean that can that can happen in newer games too, right? Where you're both kind of discovering it together. Yeah, that's and you, you at least as a pair would have an yeah you would have an yeah. you would have a, an understanding at least of the overall mechanics and can help them when they run into problems with specific gyms or trainers or Pokemon yeah. whatever the case might be. But I can see yeah. where you're coming from I'll, there for sure. Also, the new Pokemon suck, and the old ones are the best. So, dude, really, dude, yeah. yep. They made a fucking to... garbage can. 
Pokemon. We need to do an episode at some point where we talk about like the different generations of Pokemon and which ones we think are good and bad. I think it went oh, good, baby. great, and then I feel like it dipped. And I feel like the last couple of games, do, I feel like they uh, brought it back. Top, what would we call it? Top tier, or we do the tier lists of them? Yeah, I think that could be a fun way to do that. Yeah, I but think we can talk so. about that offline. Yeah, of course. Yes. So, yeah, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Pokemon Sword Shield, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Minecraft are on the list. Which is going to occupy the fabled number five spot? I would put the leg. I know how I feel, but I'll let you guys go. I think just, I mean, like the Lego game, their ease of access, uh, the ease of play style. And like I said, if you find that right spark, whether it's Marvel or DC or Star Wars or Harry Potter, that sticks with that kid, they're going to play that game. I actually I do want to clarify something earlier. I said that I wouldn't put the Lego games on the top five because of its similarity to Mario. When I was saying that in my head, I was briefly confused for a second. And I had thought that we had put Super Mario 3D World is our first pick. Right. And if that game was in uh, in the running, then I would be then I would kind of stand by what I said earlier. But having been reminded oh no wait it's super mario bros u which is 2d i'm yeah i'm, I'm more partial towards lego uh, i will say though does anybody have any like horse in the race for wii sports my only other horse in the race at this point is spider-man because i feel like licensed games are a great way to get kids into games if it's a property they're into whether it's through the Lego games or or something like Spider-Man or Batman or whatever the case might be. I think that's a great introduction. Um, so for me, it comes down to, for this fifth spot, either Spider-Man or Lego. Mm-hmm. Alex? Um, I think, I do think Mitch has a point with the, the licensed games. I think that is very, like, it is, you know, the, the door to get people in. It's like, oh, I, you know, there's always a Spider-Man cartoon. There's always one. So it's like, oh, I watched that. And so now I want to play it and you can be Spider-Man. I think it's a real, I think it's a really good way of, you know, getting the foot in the door. So, and it's the same thing with the Lego games as well. Like, um, I think out of those two, I think, though I love Spider-Man PS4 and I think it would be a really great experience for a kid the first one of like their first introduction to games i think i would lead them closer to the lego games just because of the accessibility there's no real consequence for dying or not playing the game right i mean there isn't in spider-man unless you're doing the missions um but i think just lego just is very forgiving and so i that's where i would lean Hmm. aj i think that you're gonna be the deciding factor here Give me my my options one more time. Uh, so people aren't really rooting for Wii Sports, so it's come down to Lego Series versus Spider-Man PS4. Um, I gotta say the Lego Series. That takes it. Right. There, there's so many. There's so many. You have so many choices there, and I'm with with um. A Marvel Lego Lego game. I'm pretty sure you can still play as Spider Man. Yep. yep. And Spider Gwen so, and Venom. Point. Um, I think only in the so there were as far as I know there were three Lego Marvel games. There was Lego Marvel Superheroes, 
Lego Avengers and Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. I don't think you could mm-hmm. in Avengers, but the other two, I'm pretty sure you could. Yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. so. So you can still get that superhero Spider-Man fix in that if you if you go that direction. That, mm. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with AJ having cast his vote, the official final ranking is Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Minecraft, and finally, Lego Series, whatever pertains to your interests. We hope that you'll appreciate this, Brynvar, and you will use it to good use. <sighs> I gotta say, that was a lot of fun. I don't know about you guys, but... yeah. Yeah, that was a good ass topic of the show. It's great when we're not yipping at each other's necks. All right. Until next week. Well, when we can argue about yeah, Pokemon. Until next week. Yeah. Before we can talk about next week, though, we have to do our outro. Thank you to everybody for tuning into this episode of Press YYZ. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to click that subscribe button on YouTube. Check us out on Twitch. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Come hang out with us on Discord. And follow us on our Twitter account, at PressYZ, which will keep you up to date on when we go live and post new episodes. And of course, you can find the rest of the crew on their own social accounts on social media. Mitch, where can they find you? I'm everywhere you can find me at Mr. Mitch George, including the recently created TikTok account where I send a bunch of TikToks Ooh. to friends and don't actually create content myself. But I've gone down a rabbit hole, guys. It's bad. We'll talk about it later. All right. AJ. You can find me all over the internet at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. Nathan? Nathan? Mr. McInerney. For a second, I was like, oh shit, did everybody else freeze for me? Am I lost in space? Uh, No, I think it's just Nathan. While Nathan can't tell us where he is, we can tell you he's on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore NMAC. Yep. Okay. Alex? Uh, Twitter, oh. blatantly underscore Alex, and Instagram, blatantly Alex. All right. Cool. And Nathan, you can, of course... are you back? Nope. Well, just I thought mission. I heard his voice for a split oh, second. I'll just, I'll just say quickly right too. here that you can find me on Twitter at Alex Cusini. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash CozyRareLive. Uh, another reminder that I am going to be starting up my cooking streams real soon. My first one is going to be this Friday, the 22nd. I am going to be making... This is a world-exclusive reveal right here, right now, oh, at this shit. moment. I am going to be making Junkertown Loaded Burgers and Chocolate Crackle Bombs from the official Overwatch cookbook. Ooh. This is the first time this is ever being revealed, so please look forward to that. All right. Hmm. Till next time, thank you for playing. <laughs>